What's up, guys? Welcome to Instagram Marketing Secrets, episode 99. Thank you for sticking with me so long, and I am so looking forward to next week's episode uh, where I give you a little bit more behind the scenes of my entrepreneur story and career and where I'm headed and some of my biggest failures and things that have gone well along the way and things that I wish I would have known. So stay tuned till next week, especially if you are in your first couple of years of entrepreneurship and uh, looking for direction. I think it's really going to clarify some things for you. Uh, but in today's episode, we are going to be listening to Sarah Hagstrom, who is a coach that sells to coaches. She is a coach uh, that sells uh, how to coach to health coaches. So uh, that's a very common business model nowadays actually online. And today's episode is going to be extremely applicable if you're a coach in any capacity. If you're not, I'm sure you will still get some golden nuggets sprinkled throughout the episode. If you're a longtime listener of the podcast, yeah, you're gonna wanna listen. If you're super committed to what you're doing on social media, you're gonna wanna listen because you're going to gain some tips that you'll be able to transfer over into your type of business. But if you are a coach, this is gonna be one of your favorite episodes of the podcast because Sarah actually makes multiple six figures a year with a 10,500 follower base. And that really goes in line with the targeted follower, having targeted followers matters so much more than having a ton of followers. It's so much easier to sell dog leashes to 2,000 dog owners than it would be to sell dog leashes to 100,000 non-dog owners, right? And it's the same thing with any industry. So she sells packages to health coaches. So obviously she has been able to attract a very targeted audience of health coaches to be able to produce multiple six figures with only having five figures worth of followers. So guys, uh, stay tuned uh, to the end of this episode. You're going to love the information towards the end because we'll go into more of the sales strategies. And at the beginning, you'll hear how she even got into such a niche industry. So uh, without further ado, let's get into it. All right, guys, I am here with Sarah Hagstrom. She is a business coach for health coaches, uh, getting real niche with this business, but has been crushing her industry. And I wanted to bring her on because you're not just going to learn about uh, how to be a coach on Instagram. We're going to be talking a lot about entrepreneurship in general and how you can potentially even transition out of your day job and being more of an entrepreneur by looking at Sarah's story. And we're also going to look at just tips and tricks that she does on Instagram to build a community of raving fans and get her story out there. Uh, so you can follow her on Instagram, Sarah underscore Hagstrom. And she has helped hundreds of health coaches uh, establish their online business at this point. So uh, super excited to have her on. So how you doing today, Sarah? I'm doing so good. I'm so excited to be here, Derek. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for reaching out and saying, hey, I've got some things that uh, the audience could learn. Sarah's been an avid listener of the podcast and uh, says there's a lot of tips that she's been using from here, but there's also a couple things that um, she felt the audience could learn from. And I heard her out on some of them and I thought it would be 
great to have you on. So um, before we get into the meat and potatoes, just let everyone know a little bit about um, your entrepreneur origin story. Yeah, for sure. How much time do we have? It is a long one. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it is- go back as far as just how did you know that you wanted to transition into being an entrepreneur and what were some of the things that you had to do to to get started? Let's start with that part. Yeah, of course. It's it's so interesting because I feel like you hear a lot of entrepreneurs saying, you know, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was selling lemonade. I was selling baseball cards. I was doing all of these things. And for me, I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I never wanted to be a business coach. Um, I actually went to school for a law. I wanted to be a lawyer. And it's really interesting. And I'm sure if you're listening, you could probably do the same thing. But if I look back, there's so many moments in my life where um, actually like the path that I'm on now, my life was setting me up for this. So one thing that I think about is when I was in 11th grade, I had a teacher who he's one that made me want to become a lawyer. And he Instead of giving out grades, he gave out most likely to be awards. And he gave me the award most likely to start her own business. Um, And now I look back on this and I'm like, of course he knew. But at the time, I remember being so angry that I didn't get the award most likely to be a lawyer. Um, And so I just, I think back and I have so many moments like that. And so for me, it was probably in, in 2010, I was working at a law firm. Um, I was getting ready to go to law school and I, I actually changed my diet. Um, and I changed my diet and that really opened up my eyes to, um, living, like living with intention, living my purpose. I realized that, you know, I didn't like the way that I was showing up. I was doing a lot of things because other people were doing them. Um, I was eating certain foods because I'd always eaten those foods. Um, I was going to become a lawyer because I had something to prove. I wanted to prove that I was educated. I was the first person in my family to graduate college. And so um, at that time, it kind of was this awakening. And my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, Peter, he had actually, he was he just quit his job. He was working in construction management and he quit his job to kind of figure out what do I want to do? And we both were, and I saw him do that. And I was like, okay, I want to do this too. And we read, um, the four hour work week. Have you read that Derek? Mm -hmm. We read that and we're like, okay, we're going to start a business. Um, and that, really got the the ball rolling. Um, but we had no idea what we were going to do. And so this is like one thing that I tell a lot of my clients is like, definitely like, I think entrepreneurship is awesome. I love it. I highly recommend it. I think it's such a great way to, to do work you love. However, we quit our jobs right away and we had no idea what we wanted to do. And so we ended up having to go back to getting jobs because we went through all of our savings and we were like, I mean, it was everything. We were like, okay, we're going to start, we're going to open a restaurant because we were really into food. Okay. We're going to create yoga mats because we were really into that. Um, and so it definitely takes some time if you don't know what you're going to do. And so we kind of just like tried all, all of the different things. And eventually, so like you said, I'm very niche. I help health and wellness coaches create and sell their programs online. Um, and the reason that I am in that niche, like helping these coaches is because before I became a business coach, I was health coaching for five years, um, online. And so I know firsthand the struggle, um, that it is like going full-time as a health coach, as a fitness coach, um, online. And so that, so I kind of, I did that for five years and then after, like when I was doing that, and again, I had no, I was, I was loving it. Um, I'm really into health and wellness still to this day. And so 
I was doing that. And one of my clients at the time, she was actually a health coach, but my niche when I was health coaching was plant-based nutrition. And so I was helping people go plant-based and lose weight. And so even though she was a health coach, she came to me because she wanted to um, learn how to go plant-based. And so we were working together and she had lost 20 pounds. She was feeling great. And she's like, okay, now Sarah, can you help me grow my business? Like you have grown yours at the time I was doing in-person retreats. I had a membership site and I was like, um, I don't know about that. Like I'd never thought about that. I'd seen other health coaches go into business coaching and I was like, I'll never do that. Like I'm so into health. Um, I need to be the change. And she asked me, and of course, like I'm the type who does anything for her clients. And so I said, yes. And it turned out I really loved it. Like I have always been into marketing. That's probably why I love your podcast, Derek. And so I was just like, okay, this is so fun. And she was able to quit her job in six months and go full-time with her coaching business, her health coaching business. So I was like, okay, there's something to this. And so from there, I just kept growing and growing and growing and kept doing more of that. And eventually I transitioned all, and it worked out so well because I transitioned all of my clients who I was health coaching to then my new clients. And so it just was like this perfect flow, which I never would have been able to plan out if I was like, okay, this is where I'm going to start and this is where I'm going to go. But mm -hmm. by just getting started and being open to it, it just flowed really well. I love that. I think it's uh, so in line with a lot of other people's story too. And that's why a lot of people are so in line with like, just get started because the mm -hmm. beginning of your story was what if we did a restaurant? Oh, well then we'd have to do this and this and this is how much money it costs. And this is how long it usually takes to break even and uh, close that door and let's check out yoga mats and close that door for whatever yeah. reason. You just kind of like you, it's like the same as college. A lot of people like get there and then they're just like time to close some doors and change right. my major. And you kind of did that in entrepreneurship. Something that I, this quote that I really like that you seem, your story seems to embody is uh, miracles happen when opportunities and preparation meet and you were prepared to to do that coaching at that time and she just came to you with this problem and you're like that's a problem people have that I could solve and then kind of yeah. just went from there so you were just kind of you were just you kept growing and you were ready for it so I like that story a lot yeah one one thing that I I hear a lot I don't know if you hear this but I hear a lot from my audiences, you know, like, what if, what if I don't know enough? What if I can't do this? You know, what if I don't get this transformation? Like, what if I actually don't have all this value mm -hmm. to share? And it's interesting because I had been doing plant-based coaching for so long that I was very confident in it. Like the more you do something, the more you build your confidence, right? So that's mm -hmm. why, you know, just starting is so important. Um, but I definitely had some of that come to my mind when I started doing business coaching. I was like, oh man, like, what if like, I actually don't know that much. What if I can't help that many people? Like, why would people want to hire me for business coaching? You know, when there are people making millions and at the time I was making $13,000 a month, I was like, who's going to want to hear from me. Um, and so I had all of these negative beliefs around it, but then it's so crazy. And again, this is why you just have to get started because you know, so much, I was blown away. I was like, wow, like I actually do know a lot. Like every question that they had, every struggle, I was like, oh yeah, uh -huh. like, I, I know how to overcome that. Oh, you're getting crickets. Oh, I know what you can do. Oh, they're saying it's too expensive. Oh, this isn't working. It's like, you really know more than you think. And until you start like working with people, um, sometimes that self-doubt can step in, but it was really eye-opening for me. Uh-huh. Imposter syndrome. Exactly.
Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's funny because sometimes the very, very advanced people aren't the best people to teach the very beginner people. Uh, because with the a sales job I was working at our conferences, they would split it up with like, these are the people under this sales and these are the people over the sales. And uh, my manager would always have like these mid-level reps coaching the younger. I'm like, how do, how come we never get to hear from the high up? And he's like, they're, they're just so, they haven't done what you're doing in like 10 years that it's, uh, <laughs> that's not what they like teach best or whatever anymore. But um, when you started getting questions and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot that that was even a struggle that I had like a few years ago. So yes, again, exactly. Just, just I could not started. Yeah, I cannot agree more. That is, it's so like one thing that I've been doing is like learning new social media platforms. And it's been really great because again, I don't know if you hear this, but a lot of my clients will ask me like things about Instagram and like, oh, it takes me so long to do a post, to write a caption, to do the video. And for me, I'm, I, it doesn't really take that much, that long. Like it takes some time, but it's pretty easy. And so, um, I started messing around with TikTok and it, I, everything that they say to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I get it. I'm like, this is taking me so long to like learn how to use this platform. And so for me, I love having that, like that beginner feel to things because I feel like it helps me like stay in touch with, you know, people who are just getting started and I want to be able to help them as much as I can. So, um, so yeah, I, I love that story that you told about that. I think that's really smart to have, you know, people who are just a little bit ahead of you helping you grow your business. Uh huh. Absolutely. Well, you are at a uh, 10,400 uh, in followers now. And most people on the podcast are less than a couple thousand that listen are less than a couple thousand. There's certainly people that listen that, you know, have a couple hundred thousand and uh, really the follower number um, is, is also based off of the size of your market. Like it's probably even more impressive to have 10,000 followers in a very niche industry than like a hundred thousand in a super broad, um, but still it's a significant following. And more importantly, you're getting the end result that you want apart from followers, which is sales. Um, you told me you're consistently doing five figure months. Is that correct? Six, six figures, multiple six figures, six figure months. Yeah. So you, over a hundred thousand a month. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Six figures, six total, multiple six figures total in like a year. Okay, gotcha. Um, but and then uh, so every month it's well over ten thousand at least. Yeah, exactly. Okay, and you only have ten thousand followers, and there are people that have three hundred thousand followers that make less than you. <laughs> so yeah. the targeting of your followers, and then more importantly, your message and how you're actually turning your followers into sales is ultimately more important than that number. Um, but how did, let's talk about your road to 10 K and how, like, when did you hit some speed boost? When did it get easier? What were the things like, Oh, once I finally got my hashtags down or once I finally got my content strategy down, like I finally hit the speed boost or what did you do to, and what, what did you maybe wish you did differently looking back? So you could have got to that 10 K quicker. Yeah. So for me, again, like with, with, um, Instagram specifically, like obviously like for a long time, like 10 K was like, Oh, the goal. Cause then you get the swipe up. But I really like, I started realizing that, um, 
the numbers, like I'm not trying for me, it's not so much of a popularity contest. Like I don't really want the most amount of followers for me at the end of the day, I want to have an impact. I want to help as many people as I can. Um, and I definitely like, I run a business, so I have like sales goals. Right. And so for me, I was like, okay, you know, what's most important for me. Right. And like for a long time, it was going full time. Then it was bringing my husband on full time. Um, and to do that, I didn't need 10,000 followers, right? Like I was making great money when I had less than 7,000 followers. And so for me, I kind of stopped putting so much pressure on the number. I've worked with clients who have 30,000 followers and they're not monetizing their Instagram at all. Nobody will buy from them because like you said, like, their followers a lot of times are um, these guys, right? Or these girls who just like their fashion when they're selling like a health and wellness product then they don't want that. So um, for me, it's really been important to focus on the quality, right? Um, the type of people who are following me and making sure that I'm providing value for them and that they want what I have to offer. So um, so th- that's the first thing. I know a lot of people are like the numbers. You kind of have to think about like, what's your goal? Like um, when it comes to like sponsorship, maybe, maybe then, yeah, like numbers are really important. But again, like I was getting sponsors when I had 2000 followers because a big thing that I focus on is relationship building. I think relationships are the most important thing. And so if you are like thinking about sponsorships, like building a relationship with the brand and really letting them know how you can help them. That works really well. That works a lot of times more than the number of followers. So kind of just like, I guess like the first tip that I would give is really getting clear on like what your goal is. Like, what are you trying to do? If it's a certain amount of followers, like why do you want that amount of followers? Right. So that would be like the first thing um, that I had to do is like get really clear on my intention with Instagram and the app and what I wanted to do. Um, The next thing would be um, like the value that I was providing, right? And and one thing that I see a lot like within my audience is them posting things that they're that they are really interested in, right? And that th- that is beneficial to them, that they like talking about, but not so much beneficial to their ideal follower, their ideal client. And so, for example like, so this is going to be like a health example, but one thing that, um, my audience will do a lot of times is they want to talk about like healthy habits or they want to talk about routines, um, which are really important when it comes to making lasting health changes. However, what their clients want to hear about is what do I need to stop eating to lose Mm -hmm. weight? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and so, I had to do that too in order to grow my audience. I had to say, okay, yeah, like I love talking about mindset, but really what they want to know is how do I make $10,000 a month as a health coach? Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. Like, let me focus on what they actually want. So that was like really important too. I think that's extremely important with everything that is done on on, everything in marketing, but so Mm -hmm. important online because when you're creating like a Facebook ad, if that first line doesn't just like rip them out of their trance to be like struggling with this exact thing you're struggling with or want this exact thing you want, like you, it's, you can't grab their attention and you said it perfectly where people do start with the intention of what do I want to post a little bit more than what they should go off of. What do people want? Um, it can be, it can start as what do people want? Okay. Now what part of that do I want to provide, right. but not the other way around? Exactly. Yep. Yep. So that, that was huge. And then I'd say like another thing is, um, especially like 
if you're just starting out, um, you might want to like be playing it safe and, and content that blends in, right? Content that everybody's kind of posting about or talking about. So again, like I'll give like a health example and then also like a business example. So when I was health coaching, um, I was a plant-based health coach and I had lots of opinions about health and wellness. However, I knew a lot of people didn't agree with that, right? Uh A lot of people would, would say like, oh, like, where's the science behind this? Oh, you know, we've been eating this way for so many years. And so I would post things like how to get healthier versus what I eventually started posting, like keto, the keto diet was really big. And so I did a post on like, once I finally got some courage, I did a post on, you know, why I don't recommend the keto diet. And that post got a lot of people talking. I gained a lot of new followers because it was controversial because people either agreed or they didn't agree with it. Right. So like being more bold in my content when I, now that I'm business coaching, um, I did a post about, you know, how I think, you know, overnight success is bogus, right? And things mm-hmm. that entrepreneurs leave out, whether intentional or not, things that you don't see, you know, like, oh, my six figure month, but then like as like two months into business, but then they had three businesses before that, or they're living in the garage of their parents' house, you know? And so really shedding some light on what it really takes. And those posts um, can be at the beginning a little bit more, I don't know, I want to say like scary to share, like you're nervous Mm -hmm. to share them, even though you really feel them and believe in that. But once you do that, it allows you to stand out and people are like, yeah, I believe in that too. Okay. I'm going to follow you. I like your content. They really connect with that when you're willing to be bold and take a stance. It is. It's so true that the, the controversial content is works the best and it's almost a a hard lesson to learn at least it was for me when i was getting into online entrepreneurship in general or just posting me talking because from my other e-commerce business that i had run first i was in the face i I rarely got on camera you know and now Mm -hmm. like this podcast is all about you know derek fidel's information um Mm -hmm. and i when i have to go out online and say things like oh shadow bands aren't real the first time I posted that in a Facebook group, that was the most successful post I had ever done in a Facebook group in terms of me gaining followers. And I also had never received so much heat online where it was like an entire day that I was getting like a comment every like 10 minutes of someone saying, you're an idiot when I said shadow bands are fake and like this large social media group. Um, but like, but like I said, it was also the one that got me the most results and you're seeing it too. And it's, uh, it's just, I guess it, everyone kind of comes to terms with it in their own way of, all right, if if I'm going to really grow, I need people who really love what I'm saying. And then people who disagree with what I'm saying more so than everyone's like, that's okay. Yeah. Okay. I can agree with that. And, you know, just being more like broccoli's good. (laughs) Yeah. No one can disagree. Um, so on that note, People know this, uh, if they've been listening to the show or, I mean, it's just commonly talked about, like you have to be willing to take a stand and have people agree with you and disagree with you rather than staying neutral. Was there something that you, is there some thoughts that you told yourself, um, to get over it or was it kind of just, you got more and more used to it? Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? 
Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a combination. Like one thing for me that I'm like very upfront about is my my journey for to go full time as an entrepreneur. It was a struggle. Like the beginning was a lot. Like I spent a lot of time. I invested a lot. I just wasn't able to grasp a lot of the concepts. I needed more guidance. And so I think part of it was me just being like, I'll try anything. Like, like people are going to say, I don't like this, but like, I don't care. Like I want to have my own business more than, you know, I care about what other people will say. And then once I started doing it, I realized that, you know, I was able to have a bigger impact. And for me, again, at the end of the day, like I want to have a bigger impact more than I want to be liked. And I I've seen now like being in this space for so long, like people who you think like everybody likes, you know, like you think everybody likes them. You can go into Facebook groups and there's people who are saying negative things about them, people who have a problem with it. So at the end of the day, I kind of got to this point where it's like, not everybody's going to like me. Not everybody likes everybody. And like, at the end of the day, like that's not worth my time. Like I, I don't want to spend any time trying to make everybody like me. It's just not worth it. So I think it was like a combination of me just wanting to do my own thing and me realizing that you can't please everyone. Yeah. And there's always like, all right, they're probably lashing out just from their own personal experience. And we're all just creatures of emotion. So you kind of just get to a point where you're like, all right, I don't need to also fight the people that are negative <laughs> totally. in the comments. And because like I wasted that day that I posted that, like that yeah. entire day was wasted oh. on me looking at my phone every like 20 minutes and being like, I agree with what you're saying. The reason why I said what I was saying is this. And like trying to be like, oh my yeah. God, everyone hates yeah. me. Um, but it was also good for my business. So it was just kind of like, whatever, this is, it's kind of, it's funny. You know, if you look at it through that light, really, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's hard not to take it personally, but it's just something that like everything else you are just going to get better at. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also is, is necessary because uh, in the algorithm, comments are comments. Right. Uh, right. So you got to do things that, spark conversation. Um, so speaking on that, because I know something that you're really good at is just writing captions. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people are like, I know what I want to post. And then they, they freeze at the caption or they mm-hmm. don't really, that, that's the thing that takes them the longest. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have some, some ways that you recommend people, uh, like a, a format that they write their caption mm-hmm. to help them get started? Or um, how, how is it just how does it come more naturally to you to be able to write like a story format in these captions? Yeah, that's such a great question. So I love what you said. And like I was saying, like, I'm a big fan of the podcast. I love what you said about the first line. Now I don't start with the first line, but I do think that's like such a great way to just kind of like check out, check out your posts and see how you're doing, how interesting they are. Like I always think about the first line, like an email subject line, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so, so you don't want to give it all away. You want it to be interesting. You want it to, if you're teaching something, like let them know exactly like what you're going to be teaching them. Um, so I, I do love that tip. I feel like that's like such a little goodie, but kind of how I, do my, I write my caption first, then I do the photo that like, that's really big. And Mm. again, like 
for me, it's always like, what is, what is the goal? Like, what am I working towards? And I actually just did a, a post on how I create content, um, for the week, but, and I do it weekly, which I know is like different than a lot of people, but it just works for me. And I think that's another point to keep in mind is like the tips that I give, like they, they might not resonate with you. They might not work for you. Like find what works really well for you, because that's when you'll really pick up that speed when you're like, Oh, this is working like lean into that. But kind of like how I do it is I figure out like what my goal is and I tie my content to my goal. So if I'm doing a program promotion, literally like one little tip that I'll do is I'll take like some of the stuff that I'm teaching in the program and I'll take those concepts and I'll create posts that go along with it that tie into my program. So I'm driving people back to the sales page of my program or whatever it is in the caption. And so to kind of like tell story with that, what I like to do is I like to think of like, what is my message for this post? Like, what do I want people to walk away with when they read this? Um, and then I'll think of like an actual story where that ties in with that. So I think about the message of the post and then a story that ties in with that. Right. Um, so yeah, I feel like I want to like pull up an example, but does that make sense, Derek? It does. So you reverse engineer it. Pretty much. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I want to give you like a specific example. So like if I was talking about, um, like say like one post I did was like three tips on creating an online health coaching program. I might start by sharing the, the first health coaching program I created and why it didn't work. Um, and, and telling them exactly like what that was, here's Mm -hmm. why it didn't work. And here's what you can do instead. Uh huh. That it's really important to start from that position. Uh, it's it's in the Russell Brunson Expert Secrets book where he talks about people love it. People listen to people that justify their failures. Mm. So you you talk about your own and doing so and make it okay for for them. And it's just an attention grabber. Um, what else do you do though in your caption? So you do a story that leads to the the overall point you're trying to make. And that, um, so, yeah, so with, yeah, with, sorry. Oh, go for it. I was getting excited. So with, <laughs> with story, what I wanted to say about that is like the reason that I'm using story. Okay. So like, I think about it as like a new, a, a new follower. And like I said before, I feel like your podcast is so great for gaining new followers, right? Um, so for a new follower, like they want the value. They want to make sure that you know what you're talking about, that you're showing up as the expert. However, once you have the followers, they need the, the know, like, and trust, right? They need to know you. They need to like you. They need to trust you. Um, and a great way to do that is to be vulnerable, right? Like share share stories that they can relate to. I remember when I was first getting started on my journey, a lot of marketers would say, you got to figure out what your people are struggling with. You got to figure out what mm-hmm. your audience is struggling with. Mm-hmm. And for business, it's actually pretty, it's, it's easier. I would say people are more vocal about their struggles with business because they don't connect it as much to themselves. Well, health, if anybody's listening and they're in the health and wellness space, people take that their health, like they, they think it's them. If they're not healthy, it's like, this is my fault. Mm -hmm. I screwed up. I'm a bad person. Like it's so personal. And so Mm -hmm. in order to get people to open up, I found, and my clients can back this up, being vulnerable first and sharing first makes it 
easier for them to come forth and be like, okay, like I'm actually struggling with this too. And a lot of times it doesn't have to be the same thing. So for me, I talk a lot about like growing up in a dysfunctional family and like household and um, like why I don't drink and like different things like that. And a lot of my followers, they come from a similar background. And so we have that in common, even though I'm not helping them, you know, with their self-worth or like, you know, deal with family dynamics because we connect on that level. They're like, I want to learn business from you because, you know, you've grown up in a similar environment and we connect mm -hmm. on that level. Definitely. Okay. I think that's a, that's a great point to make um, is that you're really just trying to identify with certain people so much um, that, that all of a sudden it be, seems like a perfect fit when they find mm -hmm. you. Exactly. And even though it might make some people not relate as much. Um, but these, when you have these long form captions too, not only is it building that brand, it's, it's also, you know, making them spend a lot of time on your post and building engagement that way um, and things like that. And I think what we've been talking about is essentially the big things that you've been doing right and the being vulnerable and getting your message out. And um, obviously you're seeing the sales numbers from it. Um, and a lot of people also love learning just like the little tips and tricks that you do on Instagram. Uh, mm -hmm. such like, you know, like I was, you're saying like, Oh, I love just like make sure that first line is perfect or little hashtag strategies and stuff like that. Is there something that you find that you're doing like in regards to maybe the algorithm short tip like that, that you uh, can think of? Okay. So this one, again, I feel like it's going to be different. I feel like it's not as like hashtags or that, but it's different. So like the listeners might not have heard this before. Uh-huh. One thing that I do, and again, it just goes back to like really providing that value is I use Instagram stories a lot, right? And so I'll use Instagram stories to come up with like content. A lot of us entrepreneurs have a lot of content ideas. And so I might have two different ideas for the content I want to post. And so I'll put it in my stories and people can vote on it and I will pay attention to everybody who voted on the one, like the most popular one. I'll do that. And then I'll tag everybody or I'll send it to everybody who um, voted and I'll ask them to leave a comment and let me know what they thought of it. Hey, bar and grill fans. It's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk, where me and my co-hosts sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar and Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored, and unedited. Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember, Madhouse Bar Talks, baby! Okay, so run through that one more time. You yeah. do a poll on your story, <laughs> and then whichever one wins, you're messaging the people who had voted for that? Okay, yes, right? but then I'm, I'm doing it. So one thing is like always like doing what you say you're going to do. That's like one of my like principles in life. Um, so I'll be like, you know, do you today, do you want to learn how to make $10,000 a month as a health coach? Or do you want to learn how I create my content every week? And the most popular one was how I plan out my content for the week. Right. And so I'll do that post on Instagram and then I'll let everybody know who voted on that, that that post is now up on my Instagram and to leave a comment and let me know if it was helpful, their favorite part about it. Awesome. That, that's a perfect little, little 
Instagram trick that I was looking for there. So great answer. Um, I think that can be applied to uh, really any business. And I can think of a couple ways that I've done it too. So I'm excited for the recap episode and I'll talk a little bit more about how I've done that in the e-commerce space. I love it. Yeah, I love that. So we got some cool Instagram tricks from you. Now you're over 10K and we got uh, a good feel for your road there was really just um, discovering your like your, your voice, obviously. But let's talk about the actual content side of things um, because you were telling me that you're really resourceful with mm. being able to take existing content and you know put a cool spin on it, make it your own a little bit. Um, what were some things that you needed to learn in order to know exactly what type of content your uh, account should post? Mm, I mean, really like analytics and just paying attention. You know, I, I think a lot of times when just starting out, we're just trying to do all of the things. I mean, I don't know about you, Derek, but when I was first starting, I was like, oh, okay, I need a funnel. Okay, I need a course. I need an opt-in. You know, I need 10,000 followers. I need an email list. And so I was kind of just like running in circles, chasing myself. And then I, I realized eventually, I mean, I hired a coach. I can't take full credit. That's why I recommend coaches is I hired a coach and um, she really helped me realize like, what do you want? Like, what is, what is your goal? Like, what is the purpose of everything that you're doing? Right. Um, and so getting clear on that and then making sure that then everything that I'm doing leads back to that goal. And so I think in being resourceful, it's like, okay, like, what, what am I trying to do right now? Okay. I'm, I'm trying to launch this program. So you launch the program, you pay attention to the content that works really well. And then next time you launch the program, you use that same content, right? Um, so, mm-hmm. so that's just like one way. And then it's, it's automated. It's easier. It already works. If something doesn't work, then you're going back and figuring out like, how can I make this so that it does work? And little things like changing the name of your program, like that was really helpful for me. Like I had this mm-hmm. program that was great and got results, um, but it was harder to sell. And I knew it was harder to sell because I really had to work for the people who got into it. But, but then I know from other programs, you know, I can just put them out there and they sell really well. And so just changing the name, like that made a really big difference. Another thing is like for me, and like, if you're a coach, like you're probably familiar with like doing applications or discovery calls. I noticed like sometimes applications first worked really well. People filled them out. But then I noticed a different launch I was doing, the applications weren't working. And so I could have been like, oh, I'm not going to do this program. It doesn't, it's not working now. People don't want it. But instead I was like, actually, I'm just going to try discovery calls. And people started booking discovery calls and then getting into the program. So just, you know, really like one thing that I've had to, um, learn is just being, being resourceful and adapting things and not taking it personally. I don't know if it's, um, just like in my niche, but a lot of times it's like, this didn't work. Maybe I should quit. And I'm like, no, 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 don't Mm -hmm. quit. Like there's, there's lots of things that you can do to have success. There's, there's an endless, there's endless opportunities and endless things that you can tweak and try like before you should just throw everything out and start over. It really is just like the bad data, even though you, it's so much easier if it, you just get it right the first time. Right. It just like, when you do something wrong, it it is like the same Thomas Edison quote. I, you know, I just found 10,000 ways not to make a light bulb. Um, mm-hmm. And that's really what you're doing here. So really you did what a lot of people do is you, you experimented with a lot of different content. And then once you started to 
see the patterns of what was working, you just stuck to that more. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's a great way to say it. Okay. And then you kind of just found, all right, like my style is, uh, I kind of keep it within this color scheme and then I post, Mm -hmm. um, content geared towards these type of people and this is what they want to learn. And then Mm -hmm. you kind of, uh, stick out with your captions being longer than most is. Yeah. Yeah. Again, like I, I wish I could be like, Oh, this is like the exact formula that I do, but I'm definitely very intuitive too. So like, I just kind of like, okay, people keep asking me about this. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to write about this today. I'm going to share this today. Like I've been getting messages. One thing that is really great about working with people like one-on-one is they ask you so many things. And then I always say like, what your clients and like what your audience is asking you, pay attention to that. If you keep hearing it, that'd probably be a great piece of content, right? So sometimes like it's longer because I have to explain something, not necessarily because I'm like, oh, I'm like trying to make it perfect for the algorithm. It's like, well, this actually takes like a lot to actually be able to explain it. And sometimes that's even hard, like being able to explain it and the characters that we have with Instagram. So that, but I'll, I'll say too, like sometimes the, the shorter posts do better also, you know? So I try not to, like, I, I know your audience is very like Instagram growth and hacking, but I, I do think like your energy and your intention is uh-huh. really important too. So like if you're super excited about a post and people have been asking about it, a lot of times that does really well for me. Like some of my most popular posts, I was just really excited to share it and it's not uh-huh. long caption, but like the energy behind it was really good and that helped it take off. It's really true because everyone wants to learn the algorithm hacks and things like that. I love talking about them just because I know people love them and it's just like, oh, wow, like on my next post, I can do that like yeah. immediately. Yeah. But um, when you talk about actually moving the needle in your business, like the the coach that I coach with always talks about it as as petty marketing is people are like, what are the, what are the best email subject lines? And it's yeah. like you need to have so many other things correct before that matters. (laughs) Uh, When we're actually looking at how do I make a business that makes money right now? And it's not like, Oh, as soon as I fix those subject lines, I just took off, you know, like everyone loves the small tips, but it's the big tips that actually get us places. You've got the big things, right. And then you just started getting the the small things uh, down over time. Exactly. I, I, I like love the small things too. Like I'm all mm-hmm. for them, like the hashtags and the colors and the, the carousel and all of those. I think that those are so fun, but I always tell my clients too, like get your message down, right? Get your value down first, because if you get all of this traffic to your Instagram and your bio is a mess, like your content's all over the place, you're not giving value. They're not going to follow. They're not going to mm-hmm. stick around, right? They're just going to mm-hmm. be like, I saw this, but the content's actually not super valuable. So, so yeah, that's exactly like what I had to do. And I think a lot of times we want like the, the tip that's going to help us like go full time or grow. But like the truth is it's not one tip. It's like a bunch of things you have to get in place. Um, but those, t- those little tips, they do help you grow and expand. But I always say like, get the message down first, get the value down first, get your business set up. And then that can really help you take off. And then, and then you know what stories to talk about. Like when you know, it's just, it would basically be like, I'm trying to be an online business and I don't know what I want to sell. And then obviously your content's going to be all different. But as soon as you're like, we're going to sell this, then it's just like, oh, now I know what to post on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like it's easier to know what to post on Instagram. Like 
it's easier to know what you should do today when you have like a five-year vision. It's like obvious what you should do, right. you know, of what career path you should take if you have like that further vision. So it's just kind of, yeah, knowing what your end goal is before you just, uh, like it's good, good to just get started, but the more direction you have, the better. Um, so the, the last thing that I would want to learn from you is your more of your business model as it just looks on Instagram um, for like I did on episode 96 of the podcast, I talked about creating an Instagram sales funnel, essentially, where mm. uh, you're as you're getting these people to come to your profile and follow you, um, rather than just counting on them, like, oh, they'll eventually see that I run a sale on my story. Um, I see you've got like a decent amount of links going on in your bio here, which what do you have as your bio link? Then how does the process look when you're actually ready to say, you know what, it's time to monetize my Instagram followers. What does that look like for you? Where do you send them and that whole process? Yeah, that's such a great question. So one thing that I found out really quickly when I was just starting out is actually, and again, like this is probably going to be different than what a lot of other people say, but um, I actually found that offering a lot of different things helped me increase my sales a lot faster. And so again, like my first goal was um, to go full-time with my health coaching business, right? So that was what I was working towards. Um, it wasn't necessarily like to have the most freedom, right? So I was running lots of different programs, doing lots of different things. And so I will say like, if you're a new entrepreneur and you just like, you're at a job that you hate, I get it. I've been there. Um, offering a bunch of different things can allow for more sales, more people to sign up. So that's kind of like what I, what I used to do. Um, and now my process is a little bit different because I've figured out, okay, this is how I reach my income goals. Now, um, I want like free, I want, I want impact. Like that's huge. Like I want everybody who signs up for my courses, my programs, I want them to get the best possible results. Um, and so that has like, if I'm being honest, that has been kind of challenging going from one-on-one -on -one coaching where I hear every issue that they have. And I really was, you know, looking over their content and giving feedback to then going into courses and making sure that they still like get the message and they get the same results or are able to go full-time with their health coaching business. So, um, so yeah, so that's been like kind of different, but right now, like how, how it works is a lot of times I have, um, an opt-in, like a free, a free gift. And I can send you some Derek, if you want to put them in the show notes to kind of like give people an idea of what this looks like. But, um, one of, I have like two that do really well. So I have my, um, tools opt-in. So I share the exact tools that I use to, um, hit $10,000 months with my online health coaching business. So I have that. And then when you get that, you get pitched a smaller ticket offer, like, um, it's called health coaches go full time. And so it just, it covers confidence. It covers, um, clients and it covers content, um, helping you how to do those things. And so that, and then that leads into my course. And then if you want more, um, you can go into my group program. So I kind of do like smaller ticket to medium mm -hmm. to higher ticket type of thing. But that being said, like you will see like throughout my content, I'm not afraid of selling. I really think that selling for me, it helped me go full time. It helped me transform my business. And so I will sell like just like I have a group coaching program. I'll just sell that. And like one of my posts, I'll talk about, Hey, this is why you need health coaches sign clients. This is who it's for. This is what we're going to do. Here are some results my students have had. Um, so it's not always a funnel. Sometimes it's just my program's open. Here it is. This is who it's for. 
So you do an Ascension funnel with uh, with your free opt-ins, typically. All of your free guides and stuff are going to have some kind of upsell on the back hand. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes and no. Like a lot okay. of them do, but some of them, like again, it just depends. So like sometimes it will go, the thank you page will go to my Facebook group if I'm trying to grow my Facebook group and I'm going to mm -hmm. do an event in my Facebook group. Got it. Okay, I've done that too. So you would say that you you do look at Instagram as a as a sales funnel, of course, but it's also not just, and then they go to the link, like I use my Instagram to send them to the link to buy mm -hmm. and that's it. You know, it's, yeah. you're collecting some sort of information, you're giving them value, then you're introducing them to offers one step at a time. And are you, are you doing so uh, with ClickFunnels? I'm not. I use Kajabi. Okay. Yeah. And that is uh, similar in that it's a funnel builder with like one-click upsells? So click funnels like me and my husband, Peter. So Peter works for the business too. If you follow me, you probably see him. Um, so we we're, we talk about it a lot. We feel like click funnels is definitely more like funnel based, right? Where mm -hmm. Kajabi is more so like website. It's like for courses, you can do upsells, you can do coupon codes, you can do lots of, you can do automations and things like that. Um, you can do funnels of course, but I feel like click funnels is definitely like, if you're going to be into funnels, you go the click funnels route. But so we definitely have funnels that we use. Um, but I wouldn't say that like, that's like the only method of sales for us. Okay. Yep. Got it. So, um, so some of their most successful things have been free guides that you're sending the traffic to. And would you say that's the most successful thing that when you're ready to increase sales that you start with sending to some kind of free information? Or if you're like, if, if it was right now, you're like, all right, I need a couple more clients right now. What would be the, the offer that you would hit them with this week? Oh, I love that. Okay. So I, I do, if, if you have like a big, if you have a good size following and like you've like been sharing value and, and you're selling something and it's not working, then I would say like a, a, like a, a freebie that goes deeper and really gets your clients a win then allows them to buy something smaller. Because a lot of times what I found was when they buy something smaller and it's so good, again, your content has to be good. Like what you're selling, it has to be good. Otherwise they're going to buy something for, you know, $27 or $50 and they're going to be like, that was okay. I didn't really like, I'm not going to buy this higher ticket thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I do think that if you've been trying to fill up your coaching or your offer and it's just, it's not really, people aren't biting, but you've been giving value then giving a little bit more value with a freebie, getting them a win. And then a smaller ticket can then build it into a bigger ticket. And I have like a, an email series funnel that I sell, um, to kind of like warm them up. I think that's really important, but I will say like, just like using video can be really helpful. Um, and like talking about your program, because I think a lot of times like people, they don't, they don't see you enough. Like they don't see if, if you're like a personal brand, they don't see your face. They don't like really know you. It, a lot of times people hide behind like the, the Instagram post. I would say like hiding behind the computer instead of like getting in front of it. Right. Um, so, so being like live, getting visible and like letting people know what you have to offer and like why they should care. Like that actually works a lot faster. Like if you have, you know, a $5,000 coaching package, like I was selling $5,000 health coaching packages when I was health coaching and the number one way selling it was through live video hundred percent. And you can do webinars. You mm -hmm. can, another thing that I did, um, that a lot of people won't do, but 
it's definitely like on a smaller scale, but it kind of works if you don't have all of like the system set up is I would do, um, I would do zoom trainings. So I would do a, a live zoom training. I would tell my audience about it. Um, and it would be on a specific topic that tied into my coaching program. And I would get them, I would get like 15 people on live with me and I would teach like three bullet points and then I would open it up for questions and I would take their questions. And then I would say at the end, like I have, you know, two spots open in my program. I would give it a name. Um, and then I would say like, if you guys are interested, like I'll send you the link afterwards. Like I, you, I think all of you would be a great fit and people would sign up every single time because they mm -hmm. spent two hours with me. I answered a lot of their questions and then I gave them an opportunity to go deeper with me and it tied in directly to the topic I was talking about. So I already knew that they would be a good fit. It, the more expensive of a thing you're selling and the more intensive the training is going to be like, like if you're going to sell someone three months of coaching or whatever, they, they have to spend more time with you. You have to have already proven yourself before they trust you at that level. So it really, it seems like whatever you're trying to sell, whether it, even if it's a low ticket thing, you're like, mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I'm giving them something completely free before I even try to sell them a low ticket right. thing. Cause I can't, sell them yet they're not ready like if i was trying to sell one of my thousand dollar courses like i'm never just going to be like swipe up to buy my thousand dollar course you know it's just like if someone was in front of you how would you sell it to them because it's going to be they're going to process it the same way so yeah you really know your sales process uh and the whole the whole business well and i think anyone listening can hear like there there's a lot to it and mm -hmm. honestly, I thought that I kept having, I was like, if I was in going into your industry, uh, I would be, it sounds like there's a billion things you could do. And um, <laughs> it's going to be totally situational what model they would go with. You've kind of shown, shown me through everything you've explained that I would not attack this without a coach, honestly, right. because I would be like, all right, this is what I know. This is what I can do. This is what I have. And then like, now tell me one of your 10 different ways that you just told me you get sales is that I should pursue. Yeah. Yeah, for, for sure. And I, I, I do think everybody has like their own secret sauce too, like not like marketing sauce, but like in terms of like our strengths, you know, so you want to, you want to utilize that too, because otherwise it's going to feel like really draining. Like for me, like I, for the first few years, I was really like forcing things. I was like, this is going to work. This has to work. This is how I have to do it. And then I, because, you know, other people were doing it that way. And then I realized, you know, there are some things that I'm just naturally good at and that I like doing and that I can use to my advantage in my business. So I think that's important too. Like when it comes to, I mean, Derek, you're probably similar um, in terms of like hiring support or like different business models. Like there are people who do business in a way that you you don't really relate to. That's not like how you would want to set your model up. That's not mm -hmm. how you want your lifestyle to be. So finding people who are doing things like how you want to be doing things and have that lifestyle, kind of like how we kicked off the beginning of the podcast, you know, like what you want your business to look like so that you can have the life that you want. I think that that is really important too, because yeah, there are a lot of ways to do business, to do this niche of business. But at the end of the day, it's really important that you figure out a way that 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 you can do it in a way that kind of like speaks to your strengths and things that you're naturally good at because when you do that you will grow a lot faster yeah working off of what you're naturally good at and you're probably naturally going to like it more and if you like the mm -hmm. process it's going to be yeah. easier to work harder right. um but it's it's like 
if you look at like Jeff Bezos situation, how many people want to be Jeff Bezos? It's like not, not a lot of people. Yeah. yeah, You're (laughs) the richest man in the world and your business is a complete success, but are you trying to build that level of business? Probably not for your lifestyle. And a lot of, some people ask me like, Hey, should I do B2B like focus on B2B or B2C sales? Mm -hmm. And I'll say like, and the next question will be about, what their what their lifestyles they're yeah. looking for i'm like are you trying to sell your company in yeah. a few years are you trying to do you like to do marketing because mm-hmm. in b2c you're gonna have to be much better at marketing than than b2b because they're already buying that product they're just looking for the best price and you know things like that and it's mm-hmm. like your lifestyle comes into play with how you should run your business is why it's hard to be cookie cutter and give cookie cutter information. And we're forced mm-hmm. to do so because there's thousands of different people <laughs> listening to this podcast. So, um, I, uh, as we wrap up on that note, I think it's a good note to, uh, wrap up on. Um, if people love what you're saying and they could use a little bit of extra advice from you, um, what's just some ways that they can keep in touch? I will be putting your free, uh, free things in the description as well. Cool. Yeah. I'll definitely send you some of those. Those will give you guys a great idea of different things that I'm doing. Um, but I lo- I'm loving Instagram. I feel like Instagram's like really fun. I love connecting. You can send me a DM. Let me know that you listened. Um, if you have any questions for sure. I also have a podcast. It's called Why Can't I Podcast. It's really, again, niche for those in the health and wellness space. So if that's your space, you'd probably love it. Um, but yeah, those are two ways that I love to connect. Okay easy enough. So the why can't I podcast and then check her out on Instagram, Sarah underscore Hagstrom. And, uh, we love to even just hear if, if you liked the episode and that's all you got to say, we love to hear that too. If you say, Hey, I didn't get this or I don't really agree. We're open to that as well. So feel free to reach out to us. And, uh, Sarah, thanks again so much for coming on and I'll be talking to you soon. Derek, thanks so much. Thanks for listening to another episode, guys. Hope you loved that interview. Uh, Message Sarah Hagstrom on Instagram for any questions or, of course, me. We would love to hear feedback even. And uh, if something uh, worked for you from this episode, we would love to hear that too. So uh, thank you again for listening. And I will see you guys next week for episode 100 of Instagram Marketing Secrets. See you there.